I was so glad when um, they gave me the notes for this, this retreat, and they said, the first thing we want you to talk about is God's mercy. I, I love that because they wanted God to be at the center of everything. That, let's talk about God before we talk about CHF. Let's talk about Jesus before we talk about CHF. Let's talk about Jesus more than we talk about CHF. And it would be wonderful if you left here talking about Jesus rather than CHF. There's just this, this sense of, man, when we're right with him, everything else is going to fall into place. We just have to be right before him. He has to be the priority, and I believe that in in this day and age, we need more times like this. We need more retreats. I mean, when I was younger, I I don't really feel like I needed this, but the world just seems like it's getting faster and faster and faster, and there's so many distractions, and I see the young people, man, they, they can't focus. You know, they're doing like eight things at a time. My kids, I just go, man, I would hate to grow up in this time. You know, at least I can remember the days when I could just sit there for hours and meditate and read and focus on God to the best of my ability. But it just seems like with all the technology, it's just getting crazy. And I need times like this, you know, just even even during the worship time, just to focus and just go, God, let me just block everything else out because you are the most important and I want to focus on you and on your mercy. And so I'm so grateful that we're doing that today. I want to look at a passage of scripture today, and I I just want to make sure we're on the same page as we get started, Um, just to make sure we understand what this is all about, that this is not about us being good people, and look at us, we care about the poor. One person deserves all of the attention, and we want that to happen tonight, that we walk out of here amazed by him and him alone. I don't want to just assume that all of you here in this room know him, like deeply know him and understand him. I don't want to assume that that some of you, that maybe you have this relationship with God, but there's not this thrill in your life, like, man, I know God. Like, there's not this excitement, like, gosh, he's the greatest love of my life. You know, you, you know, it's like when you first fall in love and you see that joy and that passion. It's like, do you have that? Can you honestly say that's what it's, it's about? You and Jesus, you have such an incredible love for him. It's just as passionate that people, people look at you and go, man, there is a person, there's a man or there's a woman who is still thrilled about his or her salvation, still blown away by the mercy of God. In, in Ephesians chapter 2, you have this passage, um, verse 1, about the mercy of God. And he says, You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy... 
because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved. And I want to make sure you understand the mercy of God tonight. Don't just assume that you do. Because look, I went to church for years and had no understanding of the mercy of God. In this passage, he's saying that we were all dead in our trespasses and sins. Do you get that? It, 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 it describes us almost like we're these zombies where we're just kind of following the course of this world. You're just kind of doing what everyone else does. And in fact, the phrase he uses is that we all once lived in the passions of our flesh. We all once lived in the passions of our flesh. All of us, everyone in this room, you get it? We all, there was some point where the Bible says you just lived for yourself. You are carrying out the desires of the flesh, your desi- you know, the desires that you're coming up with in your mind. He goes, all of us once walked in that. Okay, it's not like, you know, I, I remember going to church and even you, you come here and you see certain people and they just, they just look so sweet and innocent, right? Like, I, I look at you, you look very sweet. You know, I was like, what, has she ever sinned? You, you know, it's just that, look, you know, I, you know, you would look at some people, you go, gosh, they just look holy. But you were probably a bad girl, you know. I, I, I could, you know, you were in college once, and you know, it's just that whole minds. It's weird. We get in these phases where you know you can look at people and you go, "Oh, they're not like me. I'm not like them." And what the Bible does, he just he goes, "You're all on the same level. You guys all walked in your own desires at one point." But the phrase that he uses here, it's not real popular today, but it is in the scriptures. He says, and you were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Think about that phrase. You were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. In in my church, we read through the Bible every year. And... So, so we're all in the same reading plan, and we just read through every single verse every year. And when you read this book for yourself, you see, man, there is a ton of wrath in this book. You know, when, when, if all you do is hear sermons, you'll hear a lot about his love. But if you read the Bible, you'll read a lot about his wrath and his judgment and that's why we get to this place where we go, oh, God, God's not going to have the ground open up and swallow me alive. And I'm going... He has. He's done it before. Man, we're talking about a God, a being up there, who at one point looked at the whole world, like everyone, millions of people, and says, I'm grieved that I ever made them. Look at the way they're living. And he destroys the whole world. Okay, this is, we, we skip some of these things. When we think about, we, and I, I don't want to just jump to his grace yet, because this is what makes his grace wonderful. You know, when we talk about Noah's Ark, you know, some of you, some of you, you love the story of Noah's Ark. And maybe when you're, you had a kid, you painted Noah's Ark in your nursery. You know, you, you painted, you know, little giraffes sticking their head out in the sunshine, a little rainbow. Did you paint the millions of people who were drowning? No, we just kind of leave that part out. Yeah, 
But what is this story of Noah's Ark? It's about the wrath of God. Every single person, on that is the being we're talking about. And he says, you were born into your sin. You're by nature. You're just an object of wrath. You're just someone just waiting for the wrath of God because of your sin, because everything that God hates. And it's not just Old Testament. You read the news. Read how the book ends. Read the book of Revelation when he talks about throwing the beast and the false prophet in this lake of fire to be tormented day and night forever and ever. And then he says, if anyone's name's not written in the book of life, he too's thrown into the lake of fire. And you start reading the book of Revelation, you go, gosh, this is insane. This being has such a high standard. He has this idea of holiness Man, you start reading about the things that people did and what God punished them for. You're going, man, I did 10 times that. I did so much worse than that. And then here the Bible says, because of everything that we've done, because we all, at one point, we're just walking whatever we feel like doing. We're just rebelling against God going, I want to do that, I'm going to do it. My mind is going there, I'm just going to appease my mind. And he says, because of all that, you're by nature. Just objects of wrath, natures of wrath. You're headed by nature, you're children of wrath. You're just headed toward God's destruction. And then those beautiful words, but God, but God being rich in mercy. Okay, we all sinned against God. I hope you get that. And we're all headed for a terrible destruction. And I think, what if God was not a God of mercy? Do you understand that word mercy? It's like God, somehow in his being, he's looking at us, and he's not just a God of justice. He is a righteous God. He hates sin. He must punish sin. God is a righteous God. You know, like, like the, there are Muslims who would question and say, well, if your God's so powerful, why did he have to have his son die? Why didn't he just forgive everyone? You know, we believe in a God that could just forgive. And I, well, but the Bible talks about a God that is also righteous. He's a righteous God and he must punish sin. He's a good judge who must punish sin. And there was only one way to do it. Someone had to pay the price. And God, rather than looking at me and looking at you and saying, okay, you guys blew it, let me punish you, it says God being rich in mercy. Mercy is that part of God that says, I know they're all guilty. I should punish all of them right now. But there's part of me that doesn't want to give them what they deserve. And it says that God is rich in that. Praise God for that. I mean, God can be anything he wants. And we're here worshiping because we go, God, thank you that you're a God of mercy. What if God was not a God of mercy? Imagine if God was not a God of mercy, if God was not rich in mercy. That's why that verse is so beautiful. Are you getting it? It's like, God, thank you that you're so rich in mercy. You made me, and, 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 and you know that I, I just deserve, I'm by nature, this object of wrath. But because you're so rich in mercy, you loved us. Because of the great love with which he loved us, 
even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. The great love of God. Man, are you still just madly in love with God? Do you still understand that love, that great love of God? I was thinking the other day about, as we were reading about the death of Christ and in the Garden of Gethsemane, that's that story where Jesus is in the garden getting ready to die for our sins, getting ready to appease that wrath of God, to, to, to be sin, to become sin so that we could become righteous. And it talks about how Jesus is in that garden and he's begging the Father. Okay, I've got five kids. You know, I picture any of their faces begging me like Jesus begged. I mean, those with, your, with kids, can you imagine? I mean, Jesus went to the Father in that garden and goes, God, is there any other way? Is there any way you can take this cup from me? He goes, I am sorrowful to the point of death. I am dying here. I feel like I'm going to die right now. I'm so sad. Right? He goes, he's sweating drops of blood, and he's going, Dad, is there any other way? Do I have to go through this? Can you please take this cup away from me? Is there any other way? I feel like I'm dying here. Imagine your son or your daughter looking you in the eyes and going, anyway, is there any way? Imagine your son or daughter sweating drops of blood and begging you, please take this cup from me. Is there any other way to do this? In fact, not only once, but three times coming to you and going, please, Father, is there any other way? Do I have to go through this? And then he says, but not my will, but yours be done. This isn't about my will, God. I'll do whatever. Not my will, but yours be done. And then Isaiah 53.10 says, It was the will of the Father to crush him. It was the will of the Father. You're looking at your son begging you, Is there any other way? Take this cup from me. I'm dying. And he says, not my will, but yours be done. He goes, my will? My will is to crush you. That's how great my mercy is, because I so don't want to punish them. And so my will is to crush you. And so I, I think about that. I go, okay, I don't want this to be about CHF or anything else. It's, it's about right now. God in heaven is looking down. He notices me right now. He notices you right now. And that's why I don't want to just casually go, oh, God's mercy. Oh, God, I, I, I want to look at him. I go, God, I get it. I get it. I was by nature an object of wrath. But praise the name of Jesus. How could anyone love me like that? And God, you so love the world that you would watch your son and say it's your will to crush him after he's begging you? You care about me that much? No one's ever going to love me like that. That's mercy. That's the mercy of God. Do you get that? Do you understand that in heaven is this being that the angels are screaming out his holiness? Holy, 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 this being with lightning and thunder and fire coming from his throne watched his son suffer. And so as we're worshiping, I'm just going, God, is there any way I can communicate your love? Because there's nothing like that here. There's nothing like that here. 
It's about the mercy of God. And those of us who get it, who understand what God did for us, the Bible says that he puts his spirit in us. Okay? This is, this is so, so important. Okay? In the Old Testament. Okay. Let's back up. You ever read some of these? Because I've just been so into the Old Testament. But you ever read some of these Old Testament stories and go, God, I wish I could have just seen one of them. You know, like one of the miracles. Did I just see fire come down one time in my life? I want to see fire come down from heaven. Or just the ground open. I just swallow, you know, someone that's going to die anyways. But I just want to see it. I want to see one of these miracles, right? You know, someone throwing in a pit of fire and, and another person showing up, you know, lion's den. All of these things. I mean, don't you just go, I wish in my lifetime I could just see half of one of these Old Testament miracles. Or, or aren't there times when, you know, some of you may have just saw that Son of God movie and, and, you, and you think about the miracles or you read about the miracles of Christ. And isn't there a, a sense of envy where you go... Gosh, I wish I could have seen just one miracle of Jesus. That would have been amazing to walk in his time. Don't you read some of those stories and go, I just want to see one of those. Like a guy blind from birth, I want to see that. Jesus, a paralyzed man, I want to see just one of those in my lifetime. God, I wish I could have been in the Old Testament. I wish I could have been there with Jesus. But I realize whenever I am longing for that, whenever I wish I could see an Old Testament miracle, or whenever I wish I could have walked with Jesus, I realize that means I have a faulty understanding or experience of the Holy Spirit. Something is wrong with my experience or understanding of the Holy Spirit. Because you understand, back then, everyone wanted what we have today. Back then, everyone's like, you know, you read in Ezekiel, in Ezekiel 36, where, where God says in verse 26, I'm going to give you a new heart. And a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. The people in Ezekiel's day, he goes, you're never going to believe what's going to happen. There is going to come a time when God is actually going to put his spirit inside of people. You, you know, you've seen the temple. You, you saw Moses on the mountain. You, you, you know about the temple and, and that holy of holies. And anyone even goes near the presence of God, they just die. You don't walk in that room. You die. That type of power, that spirit, he goes, there's going to come a day when I put him inside of people. And the people back then must have been going, shut up. There is no way. God is going to put his spirit inside of people, and now he's going to change their hearts. When the spirit comes in, what is the spirit going to do? It says he's going to make them want his commands and actually desire the things of God. He's going to change that heart of stone into a heart of flesh. Man, so understand, they would have, they would have wanted to be in our shoes so badly. And so when we're looking at the Old Testament and going, oh, I wish I lived back then. When we're looking at Jesus and going, oh, I wish I lived back then. You understand something is wrong with our theology 
or a relationship with God. Because Jesus says, oh, this is going to be so much better. This is to your advantage. I'm going to put this in you. And so why are we here in this room? It's not because you're this great person. It's because of the grace of God that he would put his spirit in you to where you just naturally desire the things that God wants. Man, we don't have to twist your arm and say, hey, care for the poor. You just go, man, I can't help it. Like, like when, when I first went to Africa with, with, with Dave, man, I was a basket case. I, I don't think you ever asked for a dime. I came home and I go, what can I do? How can I give? What can I sell? I, I can live off of less. I can figure this thing out. You know, I, I remember going to the church. Some of you guys were there at Cornerstone. I was like a basket case just going, man, you should have seen what I just saw. Come on, we got to do everything we can. He never asked for anything. What? It was the spirit in me where I understood, wow, God was so merciful to me. He went and rescued me, and now I get the chance to do the same thing? I, I can resemble God? It's a desire that's in us. So that's why we don't come here with any sense of self-righteousness. We go, God, thank you for rescuing me from my selfishness. Thank you that I actually love to give. Thank you that I'm taking on your nature. You really did give me a new heart. Because I remember the old me. It was all about me. It was about my desires, carrying those out. It's about accumulating stuff for myself. But thank you, God, that when I was dead in my trespasses and sins, you being rich in mercy, you made me alive in Christ. And you gave me a new heart, a new spirit. See, this is not about externals. It's about the grace of God that's come in our lives and he's changed us. It's, it's, it's like, um, I don't know if you ever saw that uh, Gatorade commercial where the athletes are sweating, but they're sweating out Gatorade. <laughs> Have you ever seen that? It's, it's corny, but you know, but the whole phrase is it says, is it in you? And the whole point is, you know, you're drinking all this Gatorade and suddenly it's coming out your pores because it's what's inside of you. You, you just can't help it. That, that's what I think of. I might be a weird illustration, but that's what I think of when I think the Holy Spirit. It's that same question. Is he in you? Because if he's in you, you almost like sweat out this love. You, you just, you, you're compassionate. It just, it just comes out. You can't help it. And when you sin, you're, you're slave to righteousness. And so when well, some of you, you know, you've got things in your life that are hidden and, 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 and it's driving you crazy. Why? Because you're a slave to righteousness. It's just in you. It's not in you to do sin. You're a new creation now. That's not who you are. And so it makes you sick. And this compassion that comes out, you just go, God, thank you for your mercy on me. Thank you for your grace. God, I would hate to be selfish. I would hate to be self-centered because it's so much more blessed to give than to receive. And so remember, everything, everything is about the mercy of God. And that's where we start. That's where we're going to end. Everything's about him. And I hope you get it. I mean, I'm not just going to assume that everyone in this room understands the mercy of God. Maybe tonight's the first time you ever really got it. That you ever really got how sinful you were and what you were headed for. 
because we live in a strange time where everyone believes they're going to heaven, and every funeral you go to, someone inevitably says, oh, he's in a better place. That's really interesting because Jesus says there's a narrow road that leads to life, and few will find it, but there's a wide road that leads to destruction. All these who are you know, by nature objects of wrath, many are going to go down this easy road. I don't want to just assume, oh, yeah, look, at it. it looks like a bunch of nice people in this room. I go, man, do you get it? Have you ever got on your face before God and go, God, I finally get it. Man, I know what I've done before you. I don't want to face you without the mercy that you offer through Jesus Christ. And if you're not sure about that, forget the rest of the conference. Forget the rest of the time here. God brought you here for something way bigger. Acts 17 says that he set up the exact time you would be born, exact place, and he puts you in situations so that you could feel your way toward him and actually find him. And maybe that's what this is all about. It's not about CHF at all. It's about a time where you finally fall on your face before Almighty God and go, I can't believe he did that for me. I want Jesus. I believe he died on that cross for me. And I want this new heart. I want this spirit in me. I want the miracle to happen in my life. And if that's it, then please forget about anything else we're doing here. Talk to me, talk to Dave, talk to someone here and get right with God because I'm telling you, life is short. You know it. So many of us have seen life pass right before our eyes and this is no joke. Let's get right before God. Let's enjoy him for the rest of our time here on earth and forever and ever and ever and ever. I shared about how my first trip to Uganda just um, really changed my life. Uh, it was cool seeing Pastor Peter here. I was thinking about him this morning, like, I have not seen that guy in years, and then didn't know he was going to be here, but I met him in this little hut, you know? Remember that? Chickens were jumping on us, and I was, I, which is weird, you know? First time in the third world country like that, and sitting in this mud hut in the rain, and he starts sharing his testimony, and, and, and our, our souls just got bound together and and I remember uh, flying home and and thinking you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna preach the sermon of my life you know because I gotta get and uh, it was weird the weirdest thing happened on this plane ride I don't know if it was that plane what certain plane ride I was gonna get this sermon out and I just had this sense like God was telling me that he wanted me to to write a song instead I mean, that is so bizarre. I am so not musical, okay? But I just felt like I, I, I just had this idea, like rather than this sermon, I'm supposed to write a song. And um, so my wife helped me once I got home. I'm like, hey, here's a song I wrote. And it kind of goes like this. <laughs> you know, and I tried to sing it. It's like, okay. And, uh, and uh, she ended up uh, recording it. And uh, it, see, this is so cool because um, her gift is singing and shopping, and, uh, and it was so cool because I, I really believe God gives us all these different gifts, right, and we just leverage it for his kingdom. Um, not everyone's called to be a pastor. Not everyone's called to be a preacher. Not everyone's called to be a missionary, but my wife had this gift of singing, and so we're going, you know what? Let's record these songs, and let's invest into this album, and then, uh, and then let's just not charge anything for the album. Let's say if you want it, just make a donation to the Children's Hunger Fund. 
You know, this is a way we can leverage your gift. Just like some of you, I don't know what your gifts are, what businesses you run. And it's like, you know what? Let me use whatever God's given me. Let me, let me make a fortune. Let me do this. Let me do that and leverage it for the kingdom of God. Um, but this is a song that, uh, that I wrote a while ago that uh, it just described a woman who was trying to feed her kid, like some of the, ki- the women that I saw out there in Uganda. And... And how quickly, coming back to the States, I knew I would forget about my experience. And so this is like the cry of a woman out there saying, wait, don't, don't forget about me. Think about me. And so Vista's going to sing it. I have a name. You can know it. It's been a while. Since anybody asked I love to laugh Just like you do And my family also means the world to me So as you choose what to wear Remember I fight to stay warm As you decide where to eat Hear my cheer who mourn think of me let me live in your mind keep loving me while others play blind show true religion cause words don't relieve your actions they heal me show that you believe of me you have a life I understand God has blessed you so enjoy what he has given your hurts are real as mine are possessions never shield a lie from earthly pain as you consider your life what you think about mine as you remember my tears maybe yours disappear think of me let me live in your mind keep loving me while others play blind show true religion cause words don't relieve your actions they heal me and show that you believe as you choose what to wear Remember I fight to stay warm As you decide where to eat Think of me Think of me Let me live in your mind Keep loving me 
as others will play blind. Show true religion. Because words, they don't relieve. It's your actions. They show that you believe. We just got back from Ethiopia, and I can't tell you what it was like to see a mother holding her child about to die. And the Lord just brought her face to my mind, and I couldn't finish the song. (laughs) Let's pray. God, first we worship you for your great mercy. God, where would we be without Jesus? Everything is about Jesus, 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 Jesus. God, we were by nature objects of wrath. But you, you, because of your great mercy, because of you, you are so rich in mercy, because of your great love, God, you came after us, Lord. And now you put the spirit in us, God, a spirit that wants to rescue and, and wants to care and wants to love and tell others about your love, God. And God, I hate that sometimes we come back here to America and we just get caught up in all these stupid things and love these stupid things and forget about people. God, we don't need prayers for ourselves, God, other than for our hearts that we would really follow your spirit. God, there are people though right now who are just suffering and then headed for an eternity apart from you. And God, our, our, our minds are with them, our hearts are with them, our prayer is for them. God, thank you that you, by your grace, change us. And God, I pray that by your grace, you'll give us a heart that just remembers and thinks of others. Rescue us from our own selfishness. Our blindness. You are so good, God. Finish what you started in us. Make us like Jesus, who made himself nothing. All for the joy set before him. He endured the cross. Thank you for Jesus. May he be honored tonight and only him. Praise the name of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. You know, we, uh, we just celebrated our 20-year anniversary last month, and we're like, let's do something that matters, you know? And... Uh, went to Africa and it was just it was just too much it, it, it was just too much and so I know a lot of those images are still fresh in my mind and everything else